Blog Talk Radio. Catchy tune, and welcome to the debut episode of 80s Wrestling Radio. This is Tommy Fierro, along with Jumpin' Jay Morozik. Jay, what's going on, man? Tommy, man, I'm excited. This is a good opportunity to hang out, talk 80s wrestling, and get some uh, callers in here to share their thoughts on tonight's topic. Yeah, I'm excited. First episode. I just want a, a special shout-out to my buddy, Local Lori, for writing the uh, Writing that song, Wrestling with the Champs, the uh, official theme song of 80s wrestling radio. Pretty catchy tune. Uh, We have a lot to talk about tonight on our debut episode here of 80s wrestling radio. If you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, uh, you see we've promoted it heavily the last last week or so. And and, and you definitely see we've been promoting 80s wrestling con extremely heavily over the last month or two. That's going to take place on Saturday, April the 27th at I Play America in Freehold, New Jersey. We're going to talk all about about that later in the episode. Over 20 80s wrestling superstars are going to be attending the event. We'll go through uh, all the different activities we're going to be having there later on in the broadcast. We're going to be taking your calls today. If uh, you want to talk to us about what you think was the greatest storyline in the history of 80s wrestling, Give us a call at 323-927-2953. Again, that's area code 323-927-2953. Jay, what, what, uh, what's your favorite? Uh, I, I have my personal favorite. I'm not sure if it's the, if it's the, the greatest storyline of the 80s, but I have my personal favorite. Be, before I share mine, what, do you have one? you have a couple? What, what, what's your... Uh, What's your greatest storyline of, of 80s wrestling? I think the great thing about 80s wrestling is that it is chocked full of amazing storylines. It is nearly impossible to pick just one. As I was preparing for the show, you know, I make the list. And, of course, the list has all the, the hot storylines from the 80s. When Andre turned on Hogan, we got... Uh, I mean, that, that's got to really, be right at the top. That's got to be right, right at the top of everyone's list. I mean, I have that on my list. Uh, that, that could possibly have been the biggest one. Was was Hogan and Andre, no doubt about it. From there, I went on. I mean, you got the Mega Powers, not just the formation, oh, yeah. but the explosion of the Mega Powers. Um, basically, Big you time. could pick any Hulk Hogan storyline from the '80s, and you could say it helped shape the world of professional wrestling. You, you know, it's it's funny that you say that because I had three written down here. Now, I, I, I'm possibly a little biased because I was always a WWF guy growing up as a kid. I live in New Jersey, so I mean, don't get me wrong. And I I enjoyed watching NWA wrestling, and it was on cable. But I was a WWF guy as as a kid. I mean, 
it was at the Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Every month, my parents would take me. So, I mean, I grew up on WWF up here in, in New Jersey. So, I'm, I know there's a ton of huge storylines for NWA and WCW in, in that time. Well, it was NWA back then in the 80s during that time frame. But I have, I have three written down here that came off the top of my head, the three biggest storylines of the 80s. My, my personal favorite was when Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan. That was my all-time favorite storyline <laughs> of the 80s. You know, it, it's so different now than it was uh, – sorry, so different then than it is now. I, I still remember, Jay, where I was sitting and watching it when it happened. I was at my aunt's house. And, you know, I was just a kid, you know, and, and, and to remember that where I was 30 years later, it, it's mind-boggling. I, I, I'm sure 30 years from now, if you ask a fan in today's generation, where were you when, you know, Dean Ambrose turned on Seth Rollins? They might not be able to tell you that, but, I mean, something like that it really stuck with you as a kid. And it's just, just the whole buildup of that storyline where it was Hogan and Orndorff against the Moondogs and then... You know, and Hogan Nornorf against Stud and Bundy, where you know Orndorf was answering the phone, and then he wound up showing up, and then he turned on Hogan and went with Bobby Heenan, Stud and Bundy. That was my all-time favorite storyline. I remember when uh, Orndorf pal- uh, closed line and apologized Hogan. I was like, I was just like sitting at the edge of my my chair, like in shock. I couldn't believe that that happened. That was my all-time favorite. The biggest, I mean. It's hard to really narrow it down. The biggest one, I'm, I'm hoping some people call up and, and, and tell us what theirs are. Because I mean, you, you can't argue that Hogan and Andre wasn't the biggest storyline ever, and you can't argue that Hogan and Savage wasn't the the, the biggest uh, storyline ever. I mean, like you said, I like your point, Jay. You said not only the uh, them breaking up the Mega Powers, but how they got together as well. And the same thing with Andre and Hogan. They told a, a, a huge story too, from the Piper's Pit to, you know, Ted DiBiase buying the title to the, you know, the title going vacant and then having the title tournament in WrestleMania 4. So, I mean, there was a whole big build-up for that as well. What uh, what else did you have on your list besides those two? Anything else stick out to you? You know, I had the whole Ultimate Warrior, Ravishing Rick Rude, their feud through the 80s and early 90s with the pose down in the ring and, and the steel cage matches oh, and just stuff. the back and forth there. Um, I want to jump back to the Paul Orndorff thing with you just for one second. Um, if I'm reading you right, you were a Hulkamaniac, correct? Oh, yeah, big time. All right, all right. So what do you think it was about that turn that caught your young attention and captured your heart and imagination for the world of pro wrestling back then? You know, it, that's that's a difference between wrestling now than it was back then. Is back then, everything – back then, there was no internet – there wasn't no newsletters. You know, there wasn't places where you can go and find out what was going to happen prior to it happening, unless you were lucky enough to be at the arena watching the TV tapings itself. But then, stuff that was being taped the air a month from from the date that it, that it was there, you know, there was no place to really run and, and, and give away those spoilers. There wasn't, you know, even cell phones where you could text your friends, or there wasn't. You know, there wasn't websites, there wasn't newsletters, there wasn't podcasts or radio shows. So, I mean, back then, the element of surprise was such a, a major factor, whereas today, I mean, you know, nothing really 
shocks you nowadays, you know. So that happening, you know, and, and you didn't know back then, and I'm sure you were the same way, you didn't want to know like, the, the backstage happenings of what was going on. Like, I didn't even know that existed back then. Like, all I knew about is, as a kid is I wanted to cheer on the good guy to beat the bad guy, you know. And, and it, it, I feel kind of bad for the today's wrestling fans. I can never have the opportunity to experience that generation of wrestling because it was just so different. And, and, and it's more than just one of what I just said. I mean, all the, figure, uh, all the stars back then were such larger-than-life characters. I mean, everyone... Today, you see guys, if they were in the supermarket bagging groceries, you wouldn't look twice at them. And that's, that's no knock on any of those guys because they're all unbelievably talented athletes and they're far more athletic today than they ever were. But back then, what I'm saying is back in the 80s, everyone looked like a superstar. And they all looked different too. You know, King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd, Kamala, One Man Gang. You know, you had all these different Hercules, and you had all these different characters, and all these, these larger-than-life, you know, people that were on your TV every week. And another thing that's missing, too, is is the enhancement matches, or back then they called them jobber matches, where, you know, you know the, the jobber or the enhancement guy you know, got beat up by the superstar, which made all those guys superstars. So back then, they were all superstars, everyone from Hulk Hogan all the way down to, you know, Billy Jack Hayes or, or whoever it was, everyone on the show was was a star, and that was because they were on TV beating these enhancement talents every week. And then, if you wanted to see, you know, two stars fight each other, you'd have to go to the arena and pay for it. And, and back then, it wasn't like it was today, where where like WWF WWE comes to your town twice a year. Like back then in the '80s, they were coming to the area once a month. They, they were going to come in your area once a month. so And that's how they set up the return matches, too. Like, they they do a finish where, you know, you'd have to come back the following month to see the rematch or whatever. So, I mean, back then, you'd have to pay to see stars wrestle each other. I mean, I know it's different now because back when WCW did Nitro head-to-head, everything was competition, and they had to put in the biggest matches possible. But think about it now. You really don't have to do that anymore because there's no more, you know, direct competition. You can go back and doing that. But I mean, the, the wrestling business is so different now than than it was then. I just I just don't think that you can do that anymore. But uh, all that stuff combined is what made it so different for me. Um, also, you know, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling cartoon. You know, all the different talk shows from the Brother Love Show to the Snake Pit to uh, you know the, the Barber Shop, the Body Shop, Saturday Night's Main Event, LGN figures. It just it, just, it was all. It was just, it was all magic back then in the '80s. I absolutely agree with you, Tommy. It was a it was a great time to grow up being a wrestling fan. A lot of amazing things that went around with the world of professional wrestling. Um, like you said, the action figures, the cartoons, it was the whole thing. No spoilers, and there was long term booking. They told a story that would pay off a year from when they, you know, started the angle, which is rare to see. Uh, you said something interesting about the squash matches. Uh, are you a are you a fan of them and you'd like to see them come back is that what you're saying i would i would love to see them come back i i think that they're so important and so crucial and critical to making those guys the larger than life superstars that they are like you know in today's era if you did that and then you'd have to pay to see the stars wrestle each other at, at the arena i you know i i think it would be great i i, I just don't the problem is also there's too much 
too much wrestling on TV now. That's another problem. Like back then, you you would uh, tune in Saturday and Sunday from Wrestling Challenge and Superstars Wrestling, and that was it. You know, but now there's you know Monday night, Tuesday night, you know NXT uh, Wednesday night, you know NXT whatever your Europe or whatever the other ones called. They're, they're, I mean, pretty much you can watch wrestling on TV every night, and that's not just you know that's just not. WWE, you can find Ring of Honor, you can find New Japan, you can find TNA. I mean, it's just it's oversaturated now. Or back then, it really wasn't. It just it just it's 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 hard to get back to that. But I would love to see it go back to that. Interesting, interesting. All right, uh, I'm going to give out the number one more time for anybody who's listening, wants to call in and share with us their favorite storyline from all of '80s wrestling, and it doesn't have to just be. A WWF. I know you're a WWF guy. Oh, no, absolutely I'm, not. I'm from Minnesota. We had the AWA here, but I definitely was WWF uh, through and through. But the number here is 323-927-2953. The hotline is open. If you have an opinion on the best storyline in all of 80s wrestling, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about it. You know, you just mentioned about AWA. So you grew up on AWA? Well, I grew up on WWF, but I saw a lot of AWA. Um, there was definitely a difference in production value between the AWA and the WWF. And so the larger than life superhero characters of WWF definitely caught my attention as a young child. But uh, I've seen plenty of AWA stuff through the years as well. Were you watching AWA when like Hulk Hogan was there or was it after that? After that, uh, I've seen footage of that. I have VHS tapes of Hogan in the AWA, but uh, when Hogan came on my radar, he was in the World Wrestling Federation. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, as well, actually, let me talk a little bit about 80s Wrestling Con coming up real quick before we get back into uh, some 80s Wrestling Talk. Again, 80s Wrestling Con is going to be taking place on Saturday, April 27th at I Play America in Freehold, New Jersey. It's going to be from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And if you're a 80s wrestling fan, this is going to be a dream experience for you. Um, we're bringing back a lot of the old stars from the 80s, including Jake the Snake Roberts, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Brother Love, Spritcher, Slick, the Wild Samoans, the Nasty Boys, uh, and a ton of, ton of different talent. Over 20 guys are going to be appearing there. And uh, all the information for the convention is on our website. It's 80swrestlingcon.com. Once again, that's 80swrestlingcon.com. And we also have a lot of other attractions uh, at the convention. It's going to be a lot more than this wrestler signing autographs and taking pictures. There are uh, also going to be, uh, you know, an ultimate 80s wrestling auction where fans can go in and, and win prizes from tons and tons of different uh, 80s memorabilia that we're going to have available brand new in the package. Still a lot of really hard-to-find items that we have. And if you go to the website, you can actually see pictures of that. We're going to have a question-and-answer session called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of 80s Wrestling, which is going to be really cool. We're really looking forward to that. Uh, Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, the original 80s Glow Girls are going to be there. And they're going to be doing a question-and-answer session panel where they're going to be talking about the history of glow wrestling, which can be really interesting because Netflix right now with the TV show, it's a real big deal. So it'd be real interesting here from some of the originals at 80s Wrestling Con, hearing them talk about all the old memories, uh, the good, the bad, and uh, everywhere in between from that. 
Uh, also, Greg the Hammer Valentine is going to be doing a figure four challenge at <laughs> 80s Wrestling Con where uh, wrestling fans will have the opportunity to put the figure four on their friend. Greg the Hammer Valentine is going to vote which one put on the best figure four. The winners and going to have the opportunity to get a photo op with Greg Valentine giving them the figure four leg allow. So that's going to be pretty cool. And, and a whole bunch of other stuff, too. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated is going to be there. They're going to be revealing the top three covers in the history of 80s uh, wrestling magazines for PWI. All bunch of cool stuff. We'll be talking about all the uh, convention stuff over the last uh, the next couple months here on 80s Wrestling Radio. But in the meantime, you can head over to 80swrestlingcon.com and uh, learn more about it. Tommy, this, this convention's a, a big deal. You have such a selection of 80 superstars that's going to be there, not to mention the cool attractions that you uh, are promoting here about that. This thing's going to be huge. You know, I, don't mean to gonna... you, I don't mean to cut you off, it's, it's so funny. My, my, my computer is it's, it's trying to lewd right now. Like I, I have so many guys booked on it. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't even think of all of them. That's why I'm saying and, and, and so many more. I'm trying to go to the, the superstar section and read them all off. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, but Wendy Richter, Wendy Richter is going to be there. Cowboy Bob Orton is going to be there. Coco Beware is going to be there. Um, Ken Patera is going to be there. Tony Atlas is going to be there. King Kong Bundy, uh, Rocky Johnson, The Powers of Pain, Lanny Poffo. I mean, it's a, a slew of 80s wrestling talent. So if you're an old-school 80s wrestling fan, this is going to be something really cool for you. I know all these guys have done a lot of appearances in the past but not in the atmosphere where they're all put together to celebrate 80s wrestling. And, and that's what it's all about. And it's going to be really cool. And I'm I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. And I have a lot of other stuff that I'm working on planning for it just to make it as cool and interactive as possible. It's, it's not going to be a convention. It's going to be a fan festival. And you're going to be able to go there and do all kinds of stuff and, and, and partake in a bunch of different activities. Again, it's uh, Saturday, April the 27th. It's going to be at I Play America in Freehold, New Jersey, 80swrestlingcon.com. And like I said, we're going to talk much, much more about it over the next uh, weeks and months here on 80s Wrestling Radio. That's fantastic. I cannot wait for that convention. Uh, once again, the number here is 323-927-2953. Call in and share with us your favorite storyline from the 80s. We'd love to get your take on it and dissect it with you. Um, can we talk about Saturday night main event for a minute? Oh yeah. The, the amount of storylines that kicked off on NBC during the main event is unbelievable. As I was researching for this show, you talked about the Saturday mornings where you had the jobber matches, the squash matches, and then primetime NBC would showcase some of the, the biggest superstars in the WWF, and it would either kick off a storyline, further a storyline, or cap a storyline. Um, and, of course, the one that is on top of my list is the two referees with the Hebner brothers. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, that was actually the main event. Yeah, that was Friday if night, you remember, wasn't it? Yeah, it was called the main event. And, yeah. and what, a, what, an angle that, what an angle that was. I mean, you're sitting there as a kid and you're seeing two referees as twins that just screwed over your hero, Hulk Hogan. Like, what an unbelievable storyline. And that, that whole, that whole storyline was just so unbelievable. You know, what's really cool, Jay, uh, not, not to, not to stray away from Saturday Night's Made Event, but we're just talking about that, that same angle. I was actually at that, uh, TV taping. It was in New Jersey where 
they started the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Piper Spitz storyline. I was actually at the first one they did there. No way. So I was, yeah, I was live for that. When they presented them with the trophy, that was at the that was at East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the Meadowlands. And that was that wow. was, was a TV taping. I got to see the beginning of it as a kid, which is really cool. But uh, to, to get back to the the, the Saturday Night's Main Event, yeah, man. I mean, I remember as a kid. I'm sure people that are listening to this too, they're going to remember you going to sleep and then your parents wake you up at about twenty after eleven because it came out at eleven thirty. It may be ten thirty for where you're at, but um, right. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember taking a nap. I remember one time I I fell asleep and I missed it. I remember just woke up the next day. I was a little kid. I was just like so like heartbroken that I missed Saturday Night's Main Event. But I, I, man, I really, you know what I really enjoyed on Saturday Night's Main Event Jay, was the openings where they they played the song in the background and they showed little like quick like thirty second vignettes, twenty second vignettes for the guys. Absolutely, and that was my favorite part. Was, yeah, I love that part. Another really great angle from Saturday Night's Main Event. That, now that you mentioned it. You know, I'm sure in the future also we'll have a shirt dedicated to Saturday Night's Main Event. We'll always talk about all the different stuff. But one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite memories of Saturday Night's Main Event, and it's a coincidence that both of them are going to be at 80s Wrestling Con on April 27th, is when Jake the Snake Roberts DDT'd Ricky the Dragon Steamboat on the concrete floor. And I'm sure you remember that. Oh, absolutely. And that was a really, really cool. Uh, cool thing. Saturday Night's Main Event was awesome. I, I really, 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 really loved it. Uh, I know uh, Mick Foley, in one of his books that he wrote, highlights how he missed the main event when uh, Hogan got screwed over by the double referees and how his best friends told him about it later on and how he can't believe he missed it. Um, back in 1988, when that main event aired, 33 million people tuned in to see that, which is just an unbelievable number. Um, tuning in to watch pro wrestling. So that just tells you what kind of reach 80s wrestlers had with their larger-than-life characters. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was just thinking, where did you watch your first couple? What was the first WrestleMania you saw? Oh, the first one that I saw live, uh, or, I mean, uh, as it was happening. Um, growing up, we did not, my family, we didn't get the pay-per-views a lot, but I had one uncle, shout out to Uncle Jim. Jim would get them, and he would record them on VHS cassette, and he would pass them off to me uh, after the fact. And so was he, was I your, remember... Was he, your favorite, was, he, was he your favorite uncle? I don't know if I can go on record saying that, but uh, <laughs> no, he was a very cool uncle. And so, what? yeah, he would, uh, he would split me tapes of the, of the shows, um, and so I had, I guess you would call them a bootleg library of uh, WWF pay-per-views growing up. Um, the first one that I had vivid memories of actually sitting down and watching as it took place was Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter. Um, and I think that was WrestleMania 7 is the first one that I think we actually bought in the house and sat and watched together. Um, Tommy, the the... Phone lines just lit up. I have somebody on the on the air. We're gonna answer that call. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. Hello, welcome to '80s Wrestling Radio. You're on the air with Jay and Tommy. Who is this? Uh, this is Cole from uh, Westville, New Jersey. Cole, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Hey, Cole. What's We're going talking. on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, so, do you want me to just get into one of my favorite storylines? Yes, yeah, or I can get into Taylor. 
I, uh, I don't sure. know if you would consider what, what this was your, like, What was your favorite storyline of 80s wrestling? Uh, you know, it's funny. You were just bringing it up. The whole Hulk Hogan uh, versus Sergeant Slaughter angle I actually really liked. It was one of the first things my older brother showed me to get me into wrestling, actually. <laughs> That was more early. That was more early nineties, but you kind of put that whole time frame together, you know, like that's like the golden era of wrestling, like from 85 to 92. So that's definitely right. in there, you know, that was a great, great, great uh, storyline too, by the way. I mean, I'm sure you guys heard some of the interviews that Sergeant Slaughter did where he talked about, you know, fearing for his safety when he was out in public and then his wife got a, you know, call for, uh, you know, threat calls to the house and stuff like that. I mean, that was, that's real heat. That was right, right around where, you know, the war was happening. So I mean, what a, what a storyline that was. Yeah. And plus like he was always billed as like, you know, he was an American hero, uh, Sergeant Slaughter because he was with GI Joe and then, Sure, sure. 180 and, and that and that and stomps on the face of America, Hulk Hogan. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. What, what were some of your other favorite storylines uh, from from the 80s? Uh, I liked a lot of uh, what happened in um, 89. I thought uh, another thing that could have been big was uh, the whole Midnight Express uh, versus uh, Brian Pillman angle. I know that, like you know, I, I'm a big Jim Cornette mark, so I like, I watch a lot of his stuff, and I thought. Oh, I love been. I love Jimmy. I love Jimmy. I used to I used to do I used to do uh years ago when Jim first did his original podcast. I, I, I was his I was his co host on there. It was Cornette's commentary. It was part of uh my radio network. So yeah, he's he's unbelievable. Yeah, and I just like I think that that storyline could have gotten a lot more heat if uh they did what Jim wanted to originally do and do the racket shot to right the Brian Pillman's throat. And you know, do the whole angle where he couldn't talk and all, and I think that would have got more heat on the midnight than I honestly think than uh, what Sergeant Slaughter did because, like you know, and then plus it would have made Brian Pillman's career that was so tragically ended short much more memorable because you know it's like wow, this like guy who was like a cancer survivor and he just got dropped on his throat and then you don't know if he's going to be able to talk again and he's going to be able to cut promos like he used to. You know, your, your answer fascinates me because going into the show tonight, I never in a million years would have thought one of someone's favorite storylines was something like not that that's a, a, a bad storyline. It wasn't whatsoever, but like you're not used, you're not, you're not thinking you're going to hear something that you think you're going to hear about Hogan or Ric Flair or Andre or Savage or Warrior and hearing about that, well, Midnight Express and, uh, and, and Brian Pillman, something different, different. Were you more of a NWA fan and you were a WWF fan going up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in your in your too. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. My brother always liked the heels, so I more got experienced like heel people than I did like rooting for right. faces. So, <laughs> so Jim Cornette. You said, you said you're right in Caldwell. Uh, Westville. Oh, Westville. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm South Jersey. So I got a little bit of that. Nice. You, 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 you come to you come to 80s wrestling con on April 27th. Oh yeah, definitely. Awesome. The only thing that would have made it better is if you had Cheeky Baby or uh, Jim Cornette on there. <laughs> hey, remember this is only the first one. Yeah. And that's that's it's a, funny, that's, a, that's, a spoiler, that's a spoiler right there. Yeah. 
I actually came across you guys' uh, page by accident because, like, I liked uh, another, like, um, I think it's, like, the WWF era or something like that, and then I just came across your con and my suggested on Instagram, and then I've been a big fan ever since, so. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you thank you so much for calling, man, and keep listening to uh, listen to us every Monday night. I'm I'm actually, I live, I'm a Jersey boy, too. I live right in Wayne, New Jersey, North Jersey, so. Uh, we're going to be live every Monday night at 11 o'clock, so definitely tune in and, and definitely call back in the future. I'd love, love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. I hope to be back. <laughs> awesome, right, man. Have, have a good, good one, and then we'll, we'll see you at 80s Wrestling Con. All right. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Take care, man. All right. That's a good answer. I mean, then Express and, and Brian Coleman. Yeah, it was an interesting take on, on storylines. It definitely shows you what he was watching around that time period. We got another caller on the line, Tom. I'm going to pick up here, and we'll see what storyline this man brings to the table. Let's do it. Hi, welcome to 80s Wrestling Radio. You're on with Jay and Tommy. Who's this? Hey, guys. This is uh, My name is Jason. I'm uh, calling from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, another Minnesota Jason. boy. Welcome to the show. Oh, yeah, Jay. Are you, are you still living in Minnesota? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little bit north of you. I live in a town called St. Cloud, Minnesota. Oh yeah, um, right on. Yeah. So, uh, what brings you on today? What what wrestling storyline caught your attention as a young child? Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for having the show. Uh, for me, uh, Tommy, you you and Jay both mentioned uh, the uh, Mega Powers, kind of Hulk Hogan and uh, Randy Macho Man Savage. I want to talk about the, uh, or if you guys would speak a little bit on the uh, kind of unwritten storyline and how much of a role she played, Miss Elizabeth. Oh, man, she's such a gigantic right? role in the whole thing. Yeah, huge you know, role. I was, I was underappreciated. Gonna, I was actually going to wait for later in the show to mention this, but I think now's a good time to, to do so. I actually jotted down a couple names. Actually, Jay, I want to make this a, a topic on a, on a future episode of 80s wrestling radio of 80s wrestling stars that are not inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And right at the top of that list, I have Miss Elizabeth, as I just mentioned her, and she was such a crucial part of that storyline and 80s wrestling in general for the WWF. Uh, I have her on that list. I have King Kong Bundy on that list, who was the main event of WrestleMania 2 against Hulk Hogan. It's atrocious that he's not in the Hall of Fame, that he's He's definitely been involved in, 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 in WrestleMania's in Jersey this year. If he's not inducted this year, then there's something seriously, seriously wrong. Because he should have been in there ages ago. Hunky Tuck Man is another one that he should be in there. Demolition, it's mind-boggling that they're not in there. Um, Brutus, the Barber Beefcake. People could say whatever they want about Brutus Beefcake, but he was one of the hottest baby faces, good guys in, in the late 80s in the WWF. So, I mean, that's just a couple names off the top of my head that I written down, but Elizabeth was on the top of it. Um, yeah, man, she is a gigantic role in that storyline, and, and she played her character so well. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand how she's not in the Hall of Fame. No, sure. absolutely. She's, she's known as the, what, the first woman of, of wrestling, the first lady of wrestling, and if you look back at that angle, she played such an instrumental role in not only the formation of the Mega Powers, but then the breakup of it. If you go back to the first yeah, oh, yeah. couple interviews 
uh, Hogan's already teasing, you know, that Miss Elizabeth is now his manager too, his woman too, and he's fighting for her. Yep. And you can already see the jealousy in Macho Man's eyes. Yeah. And so, I mean, they planted <laughs> that seed early. And, I mean, the payoff was huge come WrestleMania, but they planted that seed and she played her role. I mean, she took some giant bumps along the way. And then the big split up when they were wrestling uh, the Twin Towers and then backstage as he was tending to her. Uh, she was instrumental. Without Miss Elizabeth in that angle, I don't think that angle would have went off the way it did. I mean, no, I think she was. Her that angle, so it definitely, it definitely wouldn't have because that angle revolved around her. And you know, another thing, uh, guys, is that showing enough credit for her is how great was her facial expressions. Her, 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 her facial expressions sold the whole story. She was really, really, really underrated and really, really, really good in the role that she played. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Jason, thank you so much for calling in with a Miss Elizabeth reference. We appreciate it. You bet. Take it easy, guys. Thanks for the show. Hey, Jay, Jay thanks for listening, man. Call back again in the, in the future for sure. Will do. All right. Bye-bye. You know, the 80s had yeah, something that... that, 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 that the 80s... Just, uh, mentioned Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, man. It's just a huge part of it. Well, I just think in the 80s, you, the manager had such a a pivotal role uh, more so than it does today. I mean, you think of all the great managers of the eighties, you talk about oh, a yeah, show we'll topic. We should save that for another. We should, we'll save that exactly. For another, you could go another, on and on and on yeah. about that. That's something else that's missing as well. Uh, in, in today's landscape of wrestling is, is, is the manager, you know, guys that might not be that good on the microphone or don't have that chari- that much charisma or personality. That's where you throw up Bobby the brain heating with them or, or, uh, Jimmy Hart with them, or Mr. Fuji with them, or Freddie Blassie with them. And speaking of Freddie Blassie, today is actually Freddie Blassie's birthday. Today, Freddie Blassie would have been 101 years old. Classy Freddie Blassie. Happy birthday to, to Classy Freddie Blassie, man. Well, come on, you pencil that geek. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I should dig out my uh, LJN figure of him and put him on the shelf for today. I should have known that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we should definitely save that for another episode. Is is, is uh, talking about uh, managers, and uh, and definitely another episode. I want to I want to dig more into that eighties eighties uh, wrestling stars that are not included in the WWE Hall of Fame, and, and, and that can that can definitely go off the AWA or WCW or NWA sure. and other groups as well. Because I mean, someone like Lex Luger, he was around the late eighties, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. There's there's a ton of guys, a ton of guys. But uh, that would definitely make another another cool topic. Just talking about that. Well, we have about thirty minutes left of the airtime, and so I'm going to give that number out one more time to our listeners. It's three two three nine two seven two nine. Five, three. We have a little bit more time to talk about storylines from the 80s. I know you got some other things planned for the end of the show, Tommy, uh, but I'd love to get another caller in here and sharing their opinion of what storyline really caught their attention. Absolutely. Maybe it's, maybe it's too late for people. <laughs> maybe people maybe, maybe, or, or maybe Monday Night Raw made them fall asleep tonight. You know, I didn't watch Raw myself, uh, but I know, yeah, three hours of today's wrestling can be, can be tiresome. <laughs> hey, let's talk a little bit about. Um, I want to get more, a little bit more back into the Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage storyline. Yeah, let's do it. it. Just such an unbelievable, such just an unbelievable storyline. The whole thing where he's teamed up against against the Twin Towers. Um, 
Let's talk about a little bit about the formation of uh, of Hogan and Savage. What was your initial uh, reaction when they when they first got together? I, you know that handshake when they do the the interview and they do the first handshake of the Mega Powers and they make it a big deal. Like as a kid, I was all in. You know, I was a Hulkamaniac from day one, and so oh, Macho so Man. To, my two my two my two favorites got together. It's like, like yeah, it was, you know, like it was unbelievable. It was insane. Uh, I'll admit, as a child, it it pained me to see the championship belt around the waist of somebody other than Hulk Hogan. Uh, and so when they teamed up. I didn't think Hogan was going to get his title back, you know, but uh, when they started teasing the breakup and then, man, it was just, as a kid, that's something that really caught your imagination and really drew you in. Cause these, like you said, two of your favorites teaming up uh, to face the villains at that time were larger than life. These huge characters. I mean, the million dollar man, you love to hate him. Andre the giant seemed unbeatable. And so to have your two favorites kind of team up against uh, the toughest bad guys in the business. It was it was an exciting time to be a fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're talking about villains. I mean, we can talk about that. We can that for another episode as well. Like the top villains of '80s wrestling. You, you just definitely mentioned two of them: Teddy DiBiase and Andre the Giant. How about someone that not only was a top villain, a top good guy as well? He, he did both roles absolutely perfect. One of my favorite guys of all time. I'm sure it's yours, and I'm sure anyone that's listening right now, it's one of theirs too. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, you talk about you can't talk '80s wrestling without bringing up the Rowdy one. Oh no, absolutely not. And 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 now is the time to actually dig into. I was gonna say it for a little bit later in the show, but I think now is the time to do so. This day in wrestling history. So today is February the 18th. Actually, Madison Square Garden loved the wrestling shows on February the 18th. They ran it in 1980, 1980, uh, 1983, and 1985. So three years, three and a five years on that same date. I just want to read off the results real quick just to show you how different they were then. Um, the first one is February 18th, 1980, which... Uh, the, the opening match is an interesting one, uh, and I didn't even know this until I just I just I just uh, researched this earlier. The opening match was Austin Idol defeating Jose Estrada. Now Austin Idol is from Memphis Wrestling. I never even knew that he ever wrestled for WWE. So I don't, I don't hmm. know if that was a one-off or he just did a little stuff with them. But that's the first that I ever heard of Austin Idol wrestling for WWF at Madison Square Garden. But he did. Uh, also on that show was Tommy Rich defeating Johnny Rods. Check this one out. Hulk Hogan defeated Tito Santana by countout. Sika, the Wild Samoan, defeated Ivan Putski by countout. Bobby Duncombe defeated Dominic Danucci. Backlund retained his WWF World Heavyweight title, defeating Kemp Patera. Off of the Wild Samoan, defeated Rene Galay. In midget tag team action, Cowboy Lang teamed up with Lone Eagle to defeat Dirty Morgan and Little Tokyo. And for some reason, this one on last, Tony Atlas defeated Hassan Arab. That was February 18th, 1980. They came back in 1983 on the same date. Jose Estrada opened the show, defeating a young rookie, Kurt Henning. Johnny Rods defeated Baron McKells. Mr. Fuji defeated Tony Gurria. Big John Studd defeated Chief Jules Strongwell. 
Ray Stevens, the Crippler, defeated Chief Jay Strongwell. Don Morocco defeated Bob Backlund by disqualification in a WWF World Heavyweight title match. I'm curious where the DQ came from because Bob Backlund was a all-around American boy back then, so I'm wondering where the DQ came from that one. That's, uh, we're going to have to research that one to find that out, Jack, for next week. Why did Bob Backlund get disqualified against Don Morocco in 1983 at Madison Square Garden? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andre the Giant and Jimmy Superfly teamed up to defeat the Wild Samoans. Eddie Gilbert, a rookie Eddie Gilbert, defeated Charlie Fulton. Sal Belomo defeated Swede Hansen and Pedro Morales, who just passed away last week, by the way, uh, defeated Buddy Rose. Now, the big uh, show on that date was in 1985, which would be uh, 34 years ago. You know what it was? Very, very big show, 1985. February 18th, 1985. No, Big you're going to tell me. 1985. The war to settle the score. Oh. 1985. Four years ago. Yep. And on that show, Johnny Rods opened it up, defeating Jose Luis Rivera. Hillbilly Jim defeated Rene Gallet. Don Morocco defeated Sal Belomo. David Sarantino defeated Moondog Rex. Nikolai Volkov defeated Swede Hansen. Moondog Spot wrestled Rick McGraw to a draw. Lalani Kai defeated Wendy Richter to win the WWF Women's title. Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo teamed up and retained their WWF tag team titles, defeating the Assassin and the Spoiler. Paul Orndorff defeated Tony Atlas. Jimmy Superfly Snooker defeated Cowboy Bob Orton. And in the main event, of War Settle the Score, as you all remember by now, Hulk Hogan defeated Rowdy Roddy Piper by disqualification. They played that Hogan-Piper match on MTV, didn't they? Back in 85. Yes, they did. Oh, yeah. Man. That's the War Settle the Score. That, that's, that's what... That was the beginning of the boom of pop culture for WWF. That, that's, that's the start of it that made it big. And, and and the fact that Cindy Lauper is not in the Hall of Fame yet, she played such a huge, huge, huge role in WWF becoming so popular back then. That oh, I, I can't believe that she's not in the Hall of Fame. Maybe this year will be the year that they put her in the Hall of Fame, but I mean, she really, 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 really deserves to be in there. Because not even just as a celebrity wing in general, she played such a, a crucial role in the early stages of the popularity of the WWF back in 1985. Uh, big, 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 big part of it, and and we know Wendy Richter played a a, a really decent sized part of it. I, I think that she doesn't get the credit she deserves for the part that she played in that because she was teamed up with Cindy Lauper uh, during that time, and uh, the, the the whole thing the girls just want to have fun. I mean that was red, red hot, you know. And uh, I, I'm really excited that Wendy's going to be at 80s Wrestling Con on uh, on April 27th. Because I, I think that she doesn't get the credit she deserves for her popularity during that time period. I absolutely agree. I mean, she was a character on the Hulk Hogan Rock and Wrestling cartoon. She was on MTV. Um, yeah, she had a huge part in '80s uh, wrestling becoming mainstream. Um, I'm excited to meet her at the convention. I think she's going to be very cool. Someone to talk to and and ask questions and get to hear some of the inside stories from back then. Cause what a, what a wild time it must've been for her to be thrown into that position. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to having her there, and, and looking forward to uh, to uh, you know hearing stories from all, from all these guys that are going to be there uh, at the convention. I mean, it was such a, a such a different time period back then. It's why it's why you fell in love with wrestling. It's why I fell in love with wrestling. It's why anyone that's listening to the show uh, right now fell in love with the wrestling. It's the reason why they follow us on Twitter, or Instagram, or, or Facebook, whatever respective page or pages they do follow us on, is because we all have one thing in common. We have a love and passion for not only wrestling, but 80s wrestling. We, you know, we all grew up uh, during that time period. And like I said, all, all the stars then were larger than life. And, uh, you know, here we are 30, 30 something years later, we're still talking about it. So it must have left a, a, a very, very uh, good impression on all of us. Right. Absolutely. I don't want to become the two old guys that are sitting around talking about, how things are better back in their day. But let me ask you this, in your honest opinion, if you had been born 30 years later and you were growing up with today's product, do you think you'd have the same love affair that you do with 80s wrestling with today's product? No way. No, no way, way, right? Just from everything we talked about, from everything we talked about in the beginning of the show, how nothing's a secret anymore, nothing's a surprise, how, you know, no one's larger than life. It's, the storylines aren't the same, you know, just – Everything is so different now than it was back then. I almost feel bad for the the people that are younger that are just fans of of this era of wrestling that don't know about that era. You know, it's. I mean, they obviously they know about it because they can go back and watch it on on uh, on WWE Network. But I'm saying live through that moment. Right. Live through right. that it's, moment of wrestling. You know. It's definitely different to be experiencing it rather than going back and watching uh, old tapes. Yeah. Um, Another. Uh, I asked her another, earlier. I asked her. Early, I asked her earlier about uh, where you watched. Or where was the first WrestleMania you watched? I, mean, I was curious to see if you if you watched them uh, any on, on closed circuit. I did. I saw WrestleMania two, three, four, and five on on closed circuit television at William Patterson College in Wayne, New Jersey. Uh, wow. They had a big screen set up, and I actually saw. I, I, I'm so mad that I actually started like wrestling like in late. 85. So I missed their first WrestleMania. Sure. Who really stinks? But uh, WrestleMania 2, 3, 4, and 5, I actually saw them uh, close circuit television at, at a college, which is really cool. Yeah, that's a neat experience because you're not just sitting on your couch watching it with your a few friends or your family. You're you're in a packed arena watching it on a big screen, and so you kind of have the atmosphere of being there live. Um, yeah, man. That was certainly cool. had, was cool. Yeah, that certainly had to shape your love of wrestling. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the other storylines uh, from the 80s that caught my eye when I was a kid, and as I was thinking of this show, it's one that crept back into my memory banks. Uh, do you remember the Andre the Giant Big John Stud Body Slam Challenge? Oh, absolutely. Um, just the fact that Big John Stud was, was walking around bragging that no one could slam him, uh, and then to have Andre the Giant be the one that answers that challenge – uh, with the 15 grand on the line. And then when he did it, he starts reaching into the bag and throwing the wads of cash uh, into the crowd as a kid. You wish you were singing, you wish you were sitting ringside rather to get a couple bucks, weren't you? Oh, absolutely. I remember my dad saying, no, nah, that's not real. That money can't be real. That's got to be <laughs> fake money. You know, but as a kid, you're like, oh, no, it's it's real. He's he's throwing it out there. That's the Christmas $20 bill you're ever going to get. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, just another larger-than-life storyline that caught your eye. Uh, and really, there's no real big payoff to 
one giant slamming the other, but it was cool. It had, it had cool factor. Oh yeah. I, I, it's funny. I know we're all, we're all over the place in tonight's episode, but it's our first episode. So we want to talk all, I'm sure I mean, we could probably talk the next, next day about this different stuff from the eighties that we liked and different memories. And so we're all over the place just because we're excited about it. And, and there's so much exactly. stuff to talk about. And it's so much stuff. And man, we can cover so much stuff. You can cover you know, so much. We, we cover, have a, uh, you know, we can do an episode. We can do an episode where we cover each wrestler. We can do an episode where we cover each, you know, event or storyline. Or I mean, there's so many different possibilities that we can talk about. So tonight's like the introduction. We're gonna talk a little bit about this, a little bit about that. But uh, we're gonna get into it, our group of thing and come up with a good format and get it out to you every Monday night. Absolutely. Right now we're gonna take a call from a caller and we're gonna talk about. Uh, what's on their mind? Let me pick up the phone here. Hi, welcome to 80s Wrestling Radio. You're with Jay and Tommy. Who's this? Mark. Mark, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Mike. I'm all right. I'm what's okay. on your mind what's related to... What a wrestling? What's I on your mind about 80s wrestling? wrestling? I grew up on the 80s wrestling, man. What was your favorite thing about 80s wrestling? What caught your attention? Man, I started watching wrestling at the age four, so I guess just the action, you know, fighting and all that. Who was your favorite wrestler? I started real early, man. <laughs> who I started real early. Who was your favorite? Who was my favorite wrestler? Tell the truth. Yeah. When I first started, it was Superfly Jimmy Snicker when I first started. Right on, man, yeah. Yeah, because cause I started early. I used to jump off the, the you know, jump off anything I see. And just act like suicide. <laughs> For real. And they started calling me that. Hey, I, I, and then I'm, when I'm I got older and all that changed, it changed. Because right now, my favorite wrestler for right now, like right now, all time, it's changed, you know what I'm saying? And that's crazy. As much of man. You see? Where, 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 where are you calling from? From Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York. So you you, you definitely yeah. grew up a WWF fan if you you you, you oh, yeah. grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Did you yeah, go to Madison Square Garden? Yeah, I went there went a couple of times. Nice. Were you, were you there when Jimmy Snooker jumped off the cage? Oh no, I wasn't there for that one. Cause I used to get all the tapes. I watched all. I used to watch everything. I got a, I got a whole bunch of favorites. Who else were your uh, favorites besides Macho Man and, uh, and Jimmy Snooker? Of course, of course, it was Ultimate Warrior. You know, I feel like I feel like uh, like the Legion of Doom. You know, even you know stuff like yeah. I tell the truth, the age I'm at right now, I like everything. I like the bad guys to the good guys now. Like everything is all good for me now. You understand? I understand it now. Yes, so it's like the whole, just the whole thing. And just good. Well, probably we, to bring Heen in. I like everybody to play a oh, good he's, role. He was the greatest ever. He was the greatest ever. You understand? We we appreciate we appreciate you calling in, man, and and, and keep us to the yeah. show every Monday night, and definitely call back in the future and talk to us. All right. All right. All right, buddy. Thank you. Have Thanks. a good night. Yeah. All right. That's another one, man. That a lot of people don't mention Jimmy Superfly Slicker. Uh, God, he was one of the greatest stars of the '80s, man. He was one of the other guys that really made WWF very, very popular in their early stages. Oh, he absolutely did. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but I was 
I was always told that uh, if Hulk Hogan wasn't the guy that Vince McMahon chose to push, his, the next in line was Jimmy Snuka. Never, I've heard that before as well. Yeah, he played. He played a. He played a, a crucial role in their early success as well. I'm, I'm oh, glad that, that caller just mentioned. I'm, I'm glad that, that caller just mentioned Jimmy Snuka because um, he definitely deserves uh, a lot of credit for the popularity of 80s wrestling. And another one that is very uh, underrated as far as the impact he made on on, on 80s wrestling. No doubt about it. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely, he did. You know, looking at the clock, we have about ten minutes left of the show, and I know uh, you handpicked a Coliseum home video to kind of take a look at. And as uh, as luck would have it, Jimmy Superfly Snooker is on the cover of the cassette you chose for this week. Oh yeah, every week we're gonna be doing a Coliseum video corner. I know one of my favorite things as a kid growing up was Coliseum videos. I, I remember as a kid, I had a a video store maybe three or four blocks from my house that, that carried all the Coliseum videos. And I remember I'd be so excited to go there all the time and get them, and especially when they got new releases. I remember as a kid, when I would come home and watch them, you put it on, and you, you know the beginning of Coliseum video. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the, the, the part where up the part where Andre the Giant body slams Kamala inside the steel cage. I remember being scared as a little kid seeing that all the time. I'd always like cover my eyes uh, <laughs> during that part. But uh, yeah, man, the Coliseum video is another thing that it's it's part of our '80s wrestling, you know, childhood. You know, Coliseum video, LJNs, all the different stuff they have. But yes, yeah, so we're gonna do a different feature every week on the show called Coliseum Video Corner. We might as well start off with the best of WWF Volume One. And I know you have a list of, of all the stuff that was on that, right? I got a list of all the matches that were on that cassette. And uh, I kind of well, wish sure. I had a copy of the VHS here. Um, match one started with the North-South Connection, which is Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch, uh, along with Big John Studd in a three-on-two handicap match against Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Wow, I like to see that right now. Wouldn't that be something to see? Yeah. Uh, went over just nine minutes with Hogan and Andre getting the W uh, with a pinfall. Match two, uh, match two was Wendy Richter with Cindy Lauper in her corner, as you talked about earlier, against the fabulous Moolah with Lou Albano. Uh, and this one was for the WWF Women's Championship. Um, and that's uh, Wendy going over and becoming the new champion uh, in a short match, nice. four minutes. Four minutes is all it took her to beat wow. the fabulous moolah. Yeah. Uh, match three saw the Baron Mikel Sarkluna. I got to be honest. I don't know much about him. Uh, it saw him taking on Gorilla Monsoon. So, you know, that was an oldie but a goodie. Yes, Did you see yeah. any Gorilla Monsoon matches growing up? Or was he announcing by the no. time you, you tuned in? I, by, the time I, by the time I started watching, he was an announcer already. But I yeah. loved, I loved, love, love him and Bobby Heen together. I'm sure that's that, oh. again, that could be for another episode. Absolutely, we gotta we gotta save that one because you could talk all night about those two. Oh yeah. Uh, on the best of WF Volume One, the fourth match was Superfly Jimmy Snuka taking on Bobby Bass. Bobby Bass. Jimmy's, yeah. Is that Ron Bass's cousin, Bobby Bass? That's a good question. We should, <laughs> we should look that up. But he, uh, he beat Bobby Bass in just uh, under five minutes. And then from there, it went into the Piper Pit. Uh, the Piper Pit was Snooka and Piper with the coconut angle. 
they have that on this VHS. You know what? You talk about, we're talking about the greatest storylines of 80s wrestling. That's got to be right up there as well. Piper and Snook on Piper's pet. I think I'd be right up there at the tippy top of the best storylines of 80s wrestling. Absolutely. And you, uh, you can't fake a coconut to the head. Like, no. I remember I'm gonna seeing try that. One you. I'm going to try one. I'm going to try one of you at Eddie's Wrestling Con and see how it goes. Let's do it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but man, <laughs> I know Snooker. They said Snooker had a hard head, but man, a coconut to the head. That's unreal. Uh, after they show that Piper's Pit angle, and it's heavily edited on the VHS. They don't show the whole thing, but they show the main part because the next match is Piper versus Snooker. Um, and so they kind of get the payoff match right after they recap. Uh, that angle, and Rowdy Piper wins that by a countout. Um, and then match six kind of threw me for a loop. It's uh, the Cobra versus the Black Tiger for the World Wrestling Federation Junior Heavyweight Championship. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to go on eBay and get this WWF Volume One. I think after we get off this uh, radio show tonight, I think it's gonna be worth whatever price you have to pay for it. Uh, the Cobra that, wins that by pinfall. Good becomes the new junior heavyweight championship. Uh, match seven is George the Animal Steel and Mr. Fuji teaming up against Hulk Hogan and Mean Gene Okerlund. I oh, love that match. Love that match. What a tag match that is. Uh, and then match eight is Larry Sabisco against the living legend Bruno San Martino. Wow, this is, this is a heck of a, a VHS tape. It is. And then uh, Bruno wins that one by DQ. And the next match on the tape is the rematch. Sabisco versus Samatero again, but this time inside a steel cage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. and that's all the matches on there. Uh, the one extra that's on the VHS is when, uh, during the Gorilla Monsoon match, Muhammad Ali is sitting front row. And oh, Gorilla yeah. and Ali get into a little bit of a, a scuffle there. And so... Uh, I know on the cover of the VHS, it actually advertises Gorilla Monsoon versus Muhammad Ali, uh, but it's not a match. It's just a little uh, scuffle between the two, but still very cool. Uh, that, that's Tommy, we got you just said that. I'm sorry, guys. We got we got one more caller on the air uh, on the line here. We got about three minutes left. You want to take it? Yeah, get him on. Yeah, get him all on. right. Here we go. Hello, welcome Hi, to 80s Radio. Uh, what? I listen to Paul London. Where Paul London? Paul London must be sleeping. He's never called in. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to have Paul London on the show, but he, he never called in. So I guess uh, I, I reached. I touched out with him earlier in the in the in the night. He said he was he was really tired. He was traveling all weekend. So I guess he must have fell asleep. So we'll That's have to right, get him we'll, on another time. We'll get him on here another real quick, time. Real quick, you said about the cover of uh, the Coliseum video. That's another thing I used to love was the 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 the, the, the uh, clamshell covers of the Coliseum videos. Man, they were the best. I, I I used to dig those a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Or, uh, that that could be another. There's just so many so many topics we could talk about from Coliseum videos to Saturday Night's Main Event to you know the rock and wrestling era to LGN to you know the characters being larger than life to you know, you know enhancement matches to the the biggest the big matches of the first few WrestleManias. I mean, we just have countless material to talk about, and we will talk about all of it in the upcoming episodes of uh, 80s Wrestling Radio. Next week we have a special uh, guest, uh, our first 80s guest on episode two. 
uh, one half of the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair, will be joining us next Monday night uh, to talk about his uh, amazing career. And uh, I look forward to talking to Brian next Monday night. Absolutely. It'll be great to get him on the air and kind of pick his brain about 80s wrestling, a guy who actually lived it, um, and just see what got him interested in wrestling and and fired up his desire to chase that dream. That should be a, a great conversation. Yes, sir. And I look forward to talking to you next week, and hopefully we get some uh, some more callers next week. Today's the first week, so, you know, it's, a, it's kind of like a learning curve. So hopefully uh, next week we can uh, we can keep going and get some more callers on the air and get some conversation going and have some more fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I look forward to next week, Tommy. Have yourself a great week. Yes, sir. And anyone out there listening, please continue to follow us on social media. On Instagram, it's 80s Wrestling Picks. On Twitter, it's 80s Wrestling Pick without the S. And on Facebook, just type in 80s Wrestling Picks. Again, our 80s Wrestling Con takes place on Saturday, April 27th, Freehold, New Jersey. I play America. All the information for there is on 80s Wrestling Con, C O N dot com. Sounds good. Lots of great stuff out there. Be sure to check it out. All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Until then, everyone have a great week, and we will talk more 80s wrestling next Monday night right here on 80s Wrestling Radio. Oh,